Welcome to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages every week. These powerful messages are sure to inspire you and keep you on track. Whether it's our late founder, Pastor Wayman Mitchell, or any of your favorite fellowship leaders worldwide, including Pastors Joe Campbell, Paul Stevens, Mark Olson, Tom Payne, Harold Warner, Richard Ruby, and many more, get ready to hear from God through this message. Hello, you sermon podcast addicts. We are so glad to have you as listeners. I wanted to take this opportunity to give you an update of what God is doing with this podcast and to just inform you of all of the amazing things that are happening. So we are uh, updating our format a little bit and our ongoing schedule. Uh, We wanted to just give you a heads up that uh, you're going to be hearing some changes uh, in the daily sermons that you will be downloading to your device. So um, let me just give you the this, the rundown, the schedule of the new sermons that we are going to be posting moving forward. So uh, on Sundays, we are going to continue to post sermons that are preached from our local church here in Virginia Beach. So Sunday is reserved for VBPH sermons uh, from myself and other preachers that preach in our church. The Monday messages that we release are going to be kind of a catch-all for uh, what we are calling instant classics. So those are those sermons, the ones that you go home from conference talking about to your family members, friends, church members. We're opening that up to a wide range of preachers around the world. So that could be conference messages, revival messages, or even just uh, Sunday morning messages that uh, that are instant classics in your mind. We want to hear your suggestions. If you have a good suggestion for an instant classic message that we can include on a Monday, we would love to hear it. Uh, okay, so then Tuesdays. Tuesdays are going to be changing a little bit. Up until now, we've had Pastor Campbell as PC Tuesdays. So PC Tuesdays are going to become PC Thursdays. Pastor Campbell is now going to be every Thursday rather than Tuesday. And that's because our Tuesday episode is now going to be what we're calling a Testimony Tuesday. This is something new that that I was inspired to do because of the podcast that Tucson does, Pastor Warner. So some time ago, they released a six-part testimony uh, of Pastor Warner. It basically got his whole life story, his ministry, the work that God has done through his life, and they released it as a six-part podcast. And I was so inspired by that that I thought, you know, we, we can replicate that. We can do that. So uh, I'm taking it as a personal challenge that I'm going to uh, begin interviewing pastors. I've already got three of them done, and so we're going to begin releasing those testimonies, those interviews with pastors on our Tuesday episode. I'm really looking forward to that for our premium subscribers. So the first one uh, that's going to be released on this Tuesday is from Pastor Nick Timig, who is uh, pioneering the church there in Indianapolis. I think you're going to be uh, blown away by his testimony and his story. So I really want to encourage you to, uh, if you're not a subscriber already, 
Become a subscriber, support World Evangelism. We're not making a dime. And we are very excited to present to you going forward a weekly testimony from a pastor from our fellowship. So then going forward, we're going to continue with Wayman Wednesday. That's not going anywhere. Uh, Thursdays, as I mentioned, is going to become Pastor Campbell's uh, new home. So PC Thursday. Next Gen Friday, we'll continue. Uh, Pastor's of our fellowship that are 40 and under, and we are looking forward to continue sharing those with you. And then the other thing we wanted to let you know about is Saturday. Our new Saturday show is what we're calling Study Day Saturday. And what that is, we're going to set up a a means for anyone who would like to connect with us to do a live uh, study day. And what that is, is like a sermonizing seminar and uh, I'm going to be running that. Uh, we're going to take a section of the Bible uh, from our daily Bible reading program, and we are going to attempt to get a three-point sermon, at least one, uh, within an hour time frame. So we're going to be doing those uh, on Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern Time. If that's a good time for you to join us, we would encourage you to join us live. And then our premium subscribers are going to hear that as a recorded podcast shortly after we finish recording it. So that is Study Day Saturday. For all of you pastors, we hope that that's going to be helpful to you. Uh, We're going to share those uh, sermons, and uh, we want to be a blessing to local pastors. We want to... uh, help you and encourage you to uh, study the Word of God and and fill the well, as we say. And uh, so that's the new schedule. We've got Sunday from VBPH. We've got Monday, Instant Classics, Testimony Tuesdays, Wayman Wednesday, PC Thursday, Next Gen Friday, and then a Study Day Saturday. We also wanted to share with you real quick, if you know any missionaries that, would, that you think would enjoy the Sermon Podcast, we are making this podcast available to all missionaries for free. All they need to do is reach out to me. My email address is pastor at vbph.org. If they will send me an email and let me know that they are a pastor in our fellowship that is currently a missionary and they would like access to this sermon podcast, the premium version, just send me an email and I'll be happy to provide them a link where they can subscribe at no cost to them. We also want to remind you that we do have a WhatsApp group chat that is available for all subscribers. So if you are paying for subscription, uh, we invite you to our to our premium podcast group chat on the WhatsApp app. And so we want to invite you to that. If you are subscribing through Apple Podcasts, I cannot see who you are. So we know Apple is protecting their users' information like a hawk. And so that means if you are uh, if you are a subscriber through Apple Podcasts, and you would like to gain access to our group chat where we have had a discussion going. We post reactions to the sermons as they are posted day by day. We post uh, any updates. We have uh, just, uh, you know, we don't blow up the phone every day, but uh, we do like to have a connection to our audience. So if you would like to be part of that group chat, you just need to send me a screenshot of your subscription on Apple Podcasts, and I'll be happy to provide you the link to join our group chat on WhatsApp. So we are very, very excited about how God is using this podcast. I've been getting really good feedback from everyone, and I'm especially excited for you to start hearing these interviews that I've been recording. So 
listen, guys, it's been such a privilege and a blessing to see this podcast begin to grow, begin to take off, and most importantly, to begin to generate some income for world evangelism. So I want to encourage you uh, uh, to to make sure that you are a subscriber. If you have not done that already, if you're in Apple Podcasts, uh, then you can do that very easily by hitting the subscribe button for $4.99 per month. Uh, we also have that available uh, on every other device and also Apple devices. If you want to save a, a couple of bucks, you can use our premium sermon website at Supercast. So both of those links are in the show notes. Uh, They're both super easy for you to use. You can subscribe and get access to those new premium episodes. The premium episodes are, again, our Testimony Tuesdays, our PC Thursdays, and our Study Day Saturdays. Everything else is open and free and ad-supported, and we'll continue to raise funds for world evangelism. We're very excited because as of this moment, we have already raised close to $100 that's going to go to world evangelism, and we are uh, aiming for the day that we can raise $100 every month for the cause of world evangelism. We're not putting any of this into our pockets. We are taking your subscription money, and we're going to put it all together at the Chandler Conference, and we're going to support world evangelism with your subscription dollars. We thank you so much for being a listener. We hope that you're enjoying it. Uh, Please make sure to leave us a rating and a review. Uh, Make sure you're subscribed. And we thank you so much once again. Have a great day. Enjoy today's message. Praise the Lord. It's a real privilege to be here this morning. And I really, really feel that we're here by divine appointment. I really do feel that. And, you know, I've always had a love-hate relationship with the sermons I preach. And I prepared this a while back for conference, began to seek God, and God gave me this. And the more I looked at it, the more I hated it. (laughs) Uh, By yesterday, I disliked it so much. And Lord, I'm going to preach something else if I feel the same way uh, tomorrow morning. And so God woke me up at four in the morning and says, no, you're going to preach this one. So this is the one you're going to get. Hallelujah. I believe there's a fiery revival that is coming. A fiery revival revival that is about to come and touch the earth and i want to minister this morning something that god gave me that i've entitled when god moves when god moves on december this last december 16th 33 years ago i invited jesus christ into my life and i have referenced my entire christian existence by the day of my salvation because something very life-changing and significant took place Because on that day, there were three very specific things that happened to my life. And I was coming to the end of myself. My life was unraveling. My marriage was unraveling. And I was coming under a heavy conviction uh, for a number of weeks. And I remember driving up, ready to go to work. I was in, in the parking lot, sitting in my truck in the parking lot before I went to work. And I was very seriously thinking, if God did not come through, I was going to take my life because I was so miserable. And I cried out to Jesus, and in a moment of time, Jesus Christ came into my life. It was a powerful supernatural experience, and one of the first things that happened was all of a sudden I felt that something that had wrapped itself around me like a boa constrictor, I was so used to it all my life, I didn't even know it was there. All of a sudden, a moment of time when I called out to Jesus, it let me go. And the moment that thing left, I can see 
the very things of God. I never had an understanding of Jesus other than just his name, but I know the very one that touched me was, uh, you know, undeniably Jesus Christ himself. Um, in a moment of time, I was loosed. I felt that my sins were forgiven. I knew that. I had a tremendous witness. This was an encounter beyond the realm of anything I've ever experienced in my life before. And the three things that really stood out was I remember trembling, knowing my sins were forgiven, and saying again and again, He's real. He's alive. He's risen. He's not dead. Like they used to show me in church every Sunday morning on the cross. He's alive. He's risen from the dead. The second thing is I knew my sins were forgiven. And the third very specific thing that he told me is I am coming back in your lifetime, so be ready. I happen to believe that. And I found it very interesting that from the disciples' time to the present day, people that are born again have the same hope of his return in their lifetime. The disciples thought it was going to happen in their lifetime. But considering the situation that the world is in right now, I believe we are going to see it happen. I believe it's a very, very good possibility that it will literally be in our lifetime that Christ is going to return again. Amen. It's not only bi biblical, but it's a very healthy way to live your Christian life. Hallelujah. And so I had the experience before I had the doctrine. I had a touch from God before I ever knew any doctrine or scriptures. And I read about what happened to me. It was the only thing that described to me what just happened to me because I could not put it in words, uh, the supernatural thing that happened to me. And I've been preaching the gospel ever since because salvation is a life-changing experience. That was 33 years ago. And there were many here that had a similar type of experience. And it caused you to leave your hippie life with all its paraphernalia that all came to a screeching halt and you, be, and you uh, be, began to follow Christ in truth. Amen. The events that are happening in the earth today, we have heard preached for for the last 40 years. It's unfolding. It's continually happening. And we've heard this for 40 years. We have heard that Jesus warned about the night that is coming. How that is important for us to work because there's a time when it will be very difficult to work and the night is coming. And it's incredible how quick that we are ready to believe the Bible, uh, what it says, when we have a, lim a limited amount of evidence. But when it starts to unfold in real time life, um, uh, we wonder why it's happening and some actually try to bind it from happening. No one can take the second coming of Christ seriously who thinks the world is going to continue as it has always has for many more generations to come. Sooner or later, the time is going to be at hand. Amen. And I cannot persuade myself to believe that the world will continue on its present course for many more generations unless there's some type of intervention from God himself. Unless God begins to do something, I want to tell you something, our days are numbered on planet earth. Can you say amen? America, as we have known it, is about to change very dramatically. For many of the prophetic things spoken of in the last days to be fulfilled, first of all, America's military power cannot be allowed to interfere anymore in these events. For a number of years, our country has changed the dynamics of worldwide situations because of our military strength. We have definitely hindered Israel's enemies from doing all that they desire to do against Israel. As a matter of fact, if the United States wasn't an issue in the last hundred years, I think the world would be very, very different today. 
We have been in hindrance of all these things happening because of our military power. And it's very, very interesting that though we have incredible power and ability, we can take care of situations pretty fast, yet with all the technology and all the military might, we will not use it because we're more concerned about being politically correct than our freedom. And so it is useless to invent all these incredible things like the predator drones that can, they, they can they can look you up at your own address and take you out and yet we will not use it uh, the way we need to use it to, to change the situations anymore because this country has shifted we're more concerned about what the world is going to think if we would respond and so in order for some of these things to happen our military has got to be neutralized some way either by mentality by who knows there's all kinds of scenarios that can take place. Remember uh, that uh, God said um, the night is coming and God said there's going to come major changes uh, and things that have been established since the beginning of time are going to be uh, moved out of, the, out of the way. Reference points are going to be moved out of their way. Remember, uh, uh, you know, that, that we've heard this preached for 40 years. How long do we think the world is going to continue without major changes taking place? And now it's at the doorstep and we're wondering why is this happening? It's an amazing thing. Remember 1967, the Six-Day War, when Egypt and Syria approached the borders of Israel, supplied with Russian armament? Many people thought that was the end, but it wasn't. Remember the 1980s, the first time you went into a supermarket and saw a UPC scanner at the checkouts? Your interpretation of that was, Jesus is coming tomorrow. But he didn't. Today we have leaders publicly stating that they want to exterminate Jews, Christians, and Americans. Uh, today we have elections uh, where there is voter fraud, there is no representation for conservative values or Christianity or even anybody that's patriotic American anymore. The world is going uh, uh, to change in a drastic way and we have gone over a scary threshold uh, of, 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 of a change in these last few days. And uh, we're, we're now entering a place where we're supporting agendas that aren't real, like global warming, creating disasters to sway popularity, where when it legislates lawlessness, perversion, immorality, abortion, demonizes godliness, uh, morality, and practicing restraint. The world is changing very, very quickly. And the reason is uh, the night is coming. Just like Jesus said it would. In our scripture, James 5, 7, it's just a simple verse of scripture. There's lots of feedback here that is distracting me <laughs> and probably you james 5 7 be patient therefore brethren unto the coming of the lord behold the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and has long patience for it until uh, he received the early and the latter rain be also patient establish your hearts for the coming of the lord draweth nigh i have been consumed with the return of christ ever since the day of my salvation because he said i'm coming back in your lifetime and I believe that. And this is why I preach on the second coming a lot, because I believe it with my whole heart. And so I want to look firstly at uh, when God gets active. Because there's a history of God moving throughout the generations of mankind. And God is omnipresent. He is always active at any given moment, at any given place. But there are certain events that trigger God's intervention in an unprecedented way. It could be the cry of a, of a desperate person for salvation uh, that will uh, uh, entreat God to move and respond. Uh, it could be uh, intervening concerning, uh, uh, intervention concerning a major event uh, in the world that's going to take place and it's going to affect millions of God's uh, uh, precious uh, people. 
God will intervene for that. Let me give you some examples. In Noah's generation, uh, it grieved God before he brought the great flood upon the earth. The condition of the world activated God's response, uh, and the world as they knew it in Noah's time ended. Jesus talks about the days of Noah being like the, the last days uh, uh, in the last generation shall be as the days of Noah. And many, many people uh, do not understand the real connection to that. Uh, uh, this is more than just all the indications uh, 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 and all the problems that exist in the generation. Uh, the highlighted feature of Noah's generation is civilization came to an end. When he's talking about the days of Noah, he's talking about we're on the brink of a civilization coming to an end because the kingdom of God is coming. Can you say amen? In the Tower of Babel, it activated a response from God, and that response changed the language of the entire earth to this present day. That was because God became active. There were some things that were unfolding, and God said, I have to intervene, I have to do something. We live in, the, in those uh, very days right now where God is going to do something. We can look at Sodom and Gomorrah. It activated God's response to incinerate two cities that lie under the Dead Sea to this present day, never to rise again. Because God got active. Uh, the leadership of Egypt by the pharaohs of Egypt uh, was oppressing God's people and causing uh, 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 his people to be stifled from serving him. Uh, God intervened at that time uh, and he activated to bring ten plagues upon Egypt uh, and Egypt has never risen to its glory again. There are things that uh, activate God to move. And I believe the condition that the world is in right now is, is activating God, he's going to begin to do something. And I believe he's going to respond to all that's happening by sending a fiery revival. The world has slowly been losing light for many years and has reached a place uh, where fast-moving events uh, are about to take place like dominoes. From now on, it's going to be one after another. It's going to be a line of quick events uh, so that uh, in just a little time, we're going to look at it and say, how did we get here? Because it's going to happen so fast. It's been established for a long time, but now there's co coming an acceleration and it's going to happen in incredible speed and incredible time. Hallelujah. I will look secondly at the church's agenda for the last days because you and I play a significant part in all that God is doing in the last generation. What do you usually need when it gets dark? A light. There's coming a, an invasion of fire and light from God. He's going to visit the earth like he has promised. And just like during the time before Jesus first came to the earth, it was a dark, demonic day. God's response to it was the people saw a great light. Those who are in the valley of the shadow of death, this world is filled with insanity. It needs a visitation from God. And God is going to respond by a fiery revival. Amen. The most important thing uh, uh, that uh, we need is uh, the church the church needs to have an agenda that is going to start to get fiery, that is going to start to understand that it's up to us uh, to be oracles and instruments of God so that God can invade the earth uh, with his spirit. And so the church has got to be in the mode. The church has got to get on fire once again. In Luke 12, 49, I'm come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it already be kindled? In other words, I wish that it was already happening. When you look at the church world in general today, it's a sad situation. There's all kinds of insanity, and yet uh, God has reserved uh, a group of people, a remnant of people on the earth that want revival, that want to see God move, uh, that want to see God invade this planet with his presence. Uh, and I believe we're standing on the threshold of that very thing. God is going to move uh, and send a fiery revival. Amen. 
from this day on, the agenda of the church must be fiery revival, nothing nothing less. We're going to have to go for it. We're going to have to pull out all the stops and let God consume us with the fire of revival. Amen. From the burning bush to the day of Pentecost to the consuming fire of revival he's going to send in the earth in the last days, you and I need to have this as the agenda. Nothing less but the fire of God. Amen. You are here, uh, you that are here from the beginning, remember the fire that God sent uh, when uh, we first began as a fellowship, uh, hundreds and thousands of people getting saved, uh, captivated by the word of God, uh, forsaking all their insanity, even leaving their own states uh, and their own uh, surroundings uh, uh, since their birth uh, to go where God was moving. uh, And uh, that was a fire that started and it spread uh, and it has covered most of the earth today. It's touched many nations. God is going to rekindle that fire again, just like in the days of old. Only it's going to be even in a greater degree. Hallelujah. Our God, the Bible says, is a God of consuming fire. He's a consuming fire. People of the Old Testament understood this uh, when God's presence descended upon Mount Sinai in fire. In Exodus 19:18, and Mount Sinai was altogether on smoke... Uh, Uh, Because the Lord descended upon it in fire, and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace, uh, and the whole mount quaked greatly. See, God is not just a fire. He is an all-consuming fire. That means uh, that God is both an inescapable and unforgettable encounter. You cannot know God and not have a total revolutionary change in your life. You cannot come in contact with the presence of the living God and stay the same. I believe the world is being prepared right now for an inescapable encounter with God. The world has a destiny in God, has a date with God. And God is about to encounter the inhabitants of the earth uh, and he's going to bring a fiery revival that's going to touch all of the world. Can you say amen? The New Testament was birthed by the fires of revival on Pentecost. uh, And according to the scripture, the world is going to end uh, by a fiery revival as well, where uh, uh, there's going to be such a great harvest, uh, you're hardly going to be able to gather. It's going to be so intense. That has not happened yet, uh, but I believe it's all set up uh, and there's going to come a domino effect of fast-moving events. uh, And God is going to do this because the Bible says, uh, a quick work shall the Lord do and he'll cut it off in season. Hallelujah. This is good if you're right with God, but it's bad if you're not. Matter of fact, it's the last thing you want to hear. If you're just settling for religiosity. In Joel 2.27, And he shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. In other words, uh, God proves his presence by an actual uh, uh, event. You'll know that I'm in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God um, and none else. um, And my people shall never be ashamed and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. uh, And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. uh, And also upon the servants and upon the handmaidens in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillar of smoke. The sun shall be darkened, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. God is about to send fiery revival. Hallelujah. Again, he's come to send fire on the earth. And he desires that that already be happening. And so the church is going to have to get on fire. 
Years ago, there was a commercial, old lady going up to a, a, a burger joint counter and, and opening up her burger says, where's the beef? God is coming to the church today. He said, where's the fire? What happened to the fire that I birthed you in? Where is it? What's going on with the fire? Because uh, you and I need to be fiery like we were when we were first saved. Can you say amen? And so in light of all these issues, the question to the church is, where is the fire? Or why don't you start the fire? Start it again. Get some fire going. Stop being an icicle behind the pulpit. Start to preach like you believe Jesus Christ is coming again. Today, most of the church world is asleep or distracted. Fire is how the New Testament church began. And it's also going to be how the church is going to go out. And so I want to look in conclusion. I want to really focus in on this because this is what the message is all about. I want to look at the spirit of the bride. Very, very important. The spirit of the bride. In the midst of all these things that are happening in the earth, Christ is coming back for a bride that has made herself ready. Now think about this. God is very concerned about the spirit of his bride in the last days. And we have many scriptures in the New Testament that begin to say how that the things of the world are going to distract and damage the spirit of the bride so that some are not going to simply be in the mode. These are people that had a promise. These are people that had a valid wedding appointment with with the Lord. And yet something is going to happen about the nation of the last days that is going to pull people down, that is going to cause the fire to go out and not cause them to rise up and have a spirit that a bride, a true bride, should have. I cannot believe how many Christians after this past election practically gave up their faith and gave up the ghost. Like the nation of the world, rest upon who's going to be president. God is in control of the earth. Can you say amen? Right now, the church is supposed to be preparing for a wedding day, not a funeral. I'm sorry if your God died in the last election. My God is still alive. My God is still active. He is still doing things. Can you say amen? And that day is closer than ever before. But most Christians are in the wrong mode. There is no fire in the heart. They have been distracted by the affairs of the world. And it's a tragic thing. When you think of how we began, and you think of what's happening. See, something happens as time elapses. It can either be good in some circumstances, or it can be our worst enemy. Revelation 19.7 speaks about the spirit of the bride. It says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of a lamb has come and his wife hath made herself ready. Hallelujah. The bride has made herself ready. Now, what does a bride-to-be do to make herself ready? Think about this. Hallelujah. Does she read the headlines every day thinking about the Wall Street crash and the stock markets? And lose hope. Does she worry about who voted for gun control? Who will be in the Senate? Who will be in the Congress? Does she worry about her personal carbon footprint? 
Does she worry about saving the whales or if we'll have enough wind farms to live and have electricity after she's married? You say, absolutely not. Then why do you? Why does your life go up and down according to the headlines of the front page? You have an appointment to get married. And you can't keep the spirit of a bride and be concerned with what's going on in all the events of the world today. Though we're not to be ignorant of what's going on, yet that doesn't dictate to us what kind of spirit we're to have. As a matter of fact, that should excite us that the day is getting closer and closer and closer. A bride's spirit is fixed upon the wedding day. She's looking forward to the day where a major life-changing event is going to take place the day of her wedding. This is the greatest day of her life. We are standing on the brink of the greatest day of the church when it's going to be united with Christ again. Are we in that mode? How can we minister if we're not in that mode? How can we influence people to get excited if we're not in that mode? Christ is coming for a bride who has made herself ready. This would be a very important issue concerning the spirit of the church in the last days. He's not coming back for a bride that is tormented, that is in travail, that is oppressed with all the concerns of the world, but a bride that has made herself ready and is excitingly waiting for that date. Hallelujah. The church needs to take heed to its spirit. Needs to take heed to its spirit concerning the promise of the wedding day. Can you imagine a bride-to-be showing up at the wedding? She bursts through the doors. She um, uh, holds hands with the groom. She's walking down the aisle. And as she's walking down the aisle, she says, you wouldn't believe what I had to go through to get here. You have no idea. Everything was against me. The car wouldn't start once again. Uh, the traffic was horrendous. Uh, I had a bad hair day. I slammed the door because I was late. I, I chipped my nail polish. Uh, then by the time they dropped me off in front of the church, it was raining. Uh, a car went by, splashed mud all over my dress, and, and she starts crying and melting down. Would you want to walk down with the aisle of someone like that? The church needs to take heed to its spirit. Because that is not the spirit of someone who's in love. <laughs> the spirit of the bride should be consumed with love and the consummation of that wedding day. But rather the spirit of a bride, instead of mentioning all the things that she's had to go through before that day, shows up, uh, takes the hand of the groom, and with a gleam in her eye says, I would miss this for anything in the world. What kind of spirit do you have 40 years later for Christ? What is happening right now is part of a demonic strategy that is trying to wear out the saints of the Most High by the cares and perplexities of the world and cause you to lose hope of that promise that you've been promised a wedding with the living God. Amen. There are many things happening in the world today that can disturb the spirit of the bride. The bride should manifest signs of excitement, not despair. It should come across in your preaching. It should come across in everything that you do. So that when you preach, people say, you know what? That person believes in something. That person has some spirit because of the love for Christ and the promise of a wedding day. Matthew 25, 6, and at midnight there came a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Why is Jesus saying this? Why is he telling this? So that you and I would take heed to our spirit. 
The bridegroom cometh, go out and meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. See, the problem the church is going to have to face in the last days and be sure to avoid is that uh, it has the potential of losing its fire. Losing its fire. All the bride should be concerned about is her wedding day. That's it. She's not concerned about the world being on the brink of destruction. She's not fretting about the affairs of the world growing worse and worse. All she's concerned with is the day when she gets married. Hallelujah. See, God wants to touch the church with fire for the last days. Isn't it interesting when we knew nothing but we were simply saved and had a promise? We were so excited, we excited everybody around us. They had to come and see what was happening. What's so, what's, you're not on drugs? What's so, what are you so happy about? How come you're so excited? Are you taking something that I don't know of? What's going on? It was real. It was live. It was active. There was a spirit. There was some fire in your heart. Amen. When things begin to happen all around her, the bride gleans encouragement, excitement, and expectancy because she reads all the circumstances happening around her as it's getting closer. It's getting closer. She's looking up. Hallelujah. With every sign or indication, she thinks in her mind, is this you, Lord? Maybe it's now. Maybe the time is at hand. Hallelujah. Not, I want to commit suicide. He's not coming back for a suicidal bride. You know, some pastors are up and down and up and down and up and down. What's the count? What's the amount? It determines my victory today. Hey, you have a wedding date. You should be elated. The worse the world gets, the more closer it is to that wedding day. Hallelujah. Where is your faith? Where is your expectation? See, expectation is the greatest producer of a spirit of fire. When you're expecting something to happen, you're really fired up. When you've lost sight of that, you're boring. You're religious. You're disgusting. You know, I see things sometimes that are so controlled, it's bothersome. Everything is perfectly in order. How many know that's not life? Life is not like that. Can you prove it? Yes, I can. Just go into a uh, maternity ward. Life is first starting, it's loud. It's out of control. It's unpredictable. And it's, it's interesting how we spend years to try to organize it. And it can come to the point where we have no more spirit, no more fire to even exist anymore. God is concerned about the spirit of his bride in the last days. Amen. Now we have heard years of preaching about this event. We've heard it in detail. We've heard, people have elaborated on it. We've heard every type of angle of this day, this great wedding day when we'll be united with Christ. How come it was so exciting when it wasn't actually happening years ago? Just the thought of it got you all fired up, man. You brought people to church. You went out. You did radical things. 
now that it's unfolding, you're worried. I don't get it. Isn't this why you got saved originally? For this day. You had no idea. You just brought your messed up life to Christ. He slaps an engagement ring on your finger. Says, I'm coming back for you. Be ready. Are we ready? Have we made ourselves ready? The church is going to have to deal with its spirit in the last days because if there's anything that kills the blessed hope and expectancy that we have, it's fear. There's lots of things in the world. Everybody's running now to gold, collecting gold. It's obvious that they didn't read the Bible because the Bible says your silver and your gold. It's going to be useless. We start to get older. 40 years later, you know, we're becoming... Never mind. All of a sudden, we start thinking about our security now. We have a careful spirit now. Well, you've got to be wise. Uh-huh. But you also have to be on fire. The lamps have got to be burning. Can you say amen? Jesus' own words. He says, you know, when you see these things come to pass, look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Instead of, you know, whoever is alive and remains. Is the spirit alive and does she remain? Well, actually, Lord, her fingers are six inches long now because she's been holding on for her life. She's barely alive and remained. Some people have just been holding on their entire Christian life. If you do cross the gates of heaven, you're coming in fingers first because all you've been doing is holding on all your life. There's no more fire. There's no more spirit. The spirit of a bride-to-be should be looking up because the day draweth nigh. How many know when you have people that are engaged to be married, all of a sudden they have bride brain? They're good for nothing except the wedding day. It's like they don't exist. Everything is in one mode. And they are useless until the consummation of that day. When they walk down that aisle and say, I do. The church today does not have bride brain. It has bird brain today. <laughs> and this is a frightening thing. Five virgins that had a date were wise. Five were foolish. Which means five were in the mode... Five were not. That was judged by their spirit. I don't need any more fire. I got enough. Well, that was 40 years ago. What about today? Where's the fire? See, because God wants to bring fiery revival. And he's got a problem because he has to use us. And we have a tendency of smoldering everything. Amen. And so this is the danger that happens in time. 
And so time sometimes has a great effect upon certain things and it has a very bad effect on other things. For instance, after America's heroic past, powerful past, great heritage, great history, it no longer possesses the same spirit it had. Today, America is afraid of what it used to be. Did we do that? Oh, we're sorry for it. Oh, did we defend our country for freedom? Oh, we're so sorry for it. America is afraid of what it used to be. Are you afraid as a Christian of what you used to be? Did I do that? Did I actually do that when I first got saved? Yes, you did. You know why? Because you were in love. Yeah, you actually did it. We have pictures to prove it. America's more concerned with its image, like sometimes pastors are, than it is about its freedom. We're more concerned about our image in the community than we are about starting a fire. Fires are devastating. Fires are consuming. They're inescapable. And that's what God wants. God wants to be inescapable to this world. Everyone is going to be involved in this. I'm going to deal with you either for the good or for the bad, but I'm going to be involved in your life. This is what God wants to do in the last days. John the Baptist, in the beginning, boldly steps into Jordan and proclaims, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Yea, John. As time goes by, um, come here, come here. Go and find him and ask him if he's the one or should we look for another? What? Yeah, now some time has passed, some persecution. He makes this incredible Holy Ghost proclamation about Christ. Now all of a sudden he's got his second thoughts. How could a person be on such fire for God and now a little while later because of circumstances all of a sudden is wondering I wonder if I should become a Baptist you know what they never get in trouble everybody loves them it's because they can't do anything oh that's not correct pastor you shouldn't say things like that You've lost it, man. You have no fire left. What happened to obnoxious fire? I can't tell you what some of the young converts in my church used to do to get people saved. I, I actually think it's against the law. But it worked. God honored it simply out of the sheer spirit that they had. Because God is going to take notice of the spirit of the bride. Jesus, after 40 years, are you still the one or should we look for another? Maybe it's Obama. Who knows? Say, so what's going to happen with him? The same thing that happened to every other politician. They make all kinds of promises. They ain't going to do anything. Because there's only one Messiah and his name is Jesus. After our work has progressed 40 years down the road, is the church today 
Still looking for the bridegroom or the undertaker? Who's going to carry you out of this world? You leaving in the box? <laughs> or are you going to be caught away to get married? Amen. The church was made for a day. Every pastor in this place is made for a day. Every evangelist, every minister of the gospel is made for a day. And that day is approaching. And now, God desires to touch us once again. He does. Because you and I do not exist without a touch from God. We can't have a religious existence. It's got to be fire or nothing. And the thing that brings fire back to your life again is knowing that the bridegroom cometh. It can happen at any time now. You know, God, I, I told him in conclusion, you know, I don't know if I'm going to preach this. I mean, I studied God, gave me the sermon, and again, I hated it. And then I loved it, and then I hated it. I said, well, maybe God can use it. Maybe he can. I hate it. Today I hate it. Tomorrow I hate it. Whatever. Just because I'm vacillating, trying to get the mind of God, God woke me up this morning and said, you tell my church, I'm going to bring a fiery revival, and you tell my church not to be afraid at things that are very soon going to happen, not to be afraid at something unusual that's going to happen, not to be afraid of a new thing that's going to happen, not to be afraid of a major cataclysmic event or a new event that has never happened before, because I am the Lord of the harvest, and even the ancients that have served me know what my hand is able to accomplish. And don't simply give up the souls of the world and saying, well, everybody's wicked, everybody's polarized, because God says all souls are mine. And just like Elijah turned the hearts of the people back to God again, God is going to do something, and it's going to be by fire and blood that is going to cause this world to respond to him. And so take heed to your spirit. If you have the spirit of a bride, if you have a reality of that date, because the bridegroom cometh, and it's going to be a domino effect from now on. Things are going to happen in an accelerated amount of time, and every one of these events is being orchestrated by God because He is preparing the world for an incredible encounter with God. And when it's all said and done, there's going to be many people that have no interest in God whatsoever. They're going to know that he has done this. God is going to make a statement. And he's going to polarize the world like never before. Keep that fire burning. You need some oil. You need to get it in this conference because we are here by divine appointment this week. Every minister this week is going to be by divine appointment. God is going to give them messages to speak. It's going to be on time. Keep the spirit of expectancy. Keep the spirit of the bride. Keep the fire burning. Because we're in the midnight hour. The night is coming. God's going to have his way in the earth. God bless you. Amen. for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. 
Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.